It's rigged. Welcome to the Let's Go Racing Family Podcast, sharing our love for NASCAR, running, and just racing through life. Hosted by Sebastian, Giovanni, Karen, Tony, and me, Johan. Each week, we'll talk about our view of the world through the lens of racing. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another Let's Go Racing Family podcast episode. So, this week, we are going to be recapping the Martinsville race and the Richmond race, as well as picking our race picks for the upcoming Talladega race, which is going to be a fun one. Talladega week, one of my favorite race weeks of the year always a very exciting race i definitely suggest tuning into that one. Oh, by the way let me just give something if um if your nascar drivers are listening to this or anybody who knows a nascar driver make sure to tell them do not get near ricky stenhouse at these plate tracks why well he's um we've seen a lot of crazy stuff with um at dega and with stenhouse Statistically speaking, about 25% of the wrecks at restrictor plates involve Ricky Sandhouse Jr. (laughs) (laughs) Guys are horrible. I think it's just his uh, mullet. That's what gets him him in trouble. Uh, He tends to be up there, though, when it counts. I I don't understand how or why, but he apparently knows his way around a, a super speedway. But in any event, we had some short track racing to talk about. Yeah, so why don't we go ahead and start off with the Martinsville race. The paperclip. The paperclip. It was the Blue Emu Max Payne 500. And it was a Saturday night race. It was billed as night racing at Martinsville. Remember, they had the really cool light show. Martinsville under the lights. Under the lights. Uh, But that's not exactly what happened. Johan, what happened? Literally, we're just racing and then... We, we go into commercial break, and then once we come back, we see the cars in pit road with the rain flaps, and it's raining. So the race got delayed So it was Sunday. a dud of a Saturday night race because we got a few laps in, and then the rain came. So then the race was postponed, and I think the rain had impacted. Wasn't there a, a another race, or was it the truck Bristol race? Dirt. Or was No, 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 no. At that track, wasn't there another series? Oh, yeah, Xfinity. And they got rained out, so then they had to run earlier in the day on Sunday. So then the Cup Series race was pushed to, I think, around 4 o'clock. So it was almost the normal Sunday race, maybe an hour or two later. Uh, but they finally got things underway, and Penske looked like they had some strong cars out there. Well, uh, Penske having dominant cars, all three of their drivers did actually pretty well. And I would say the best out of all of them was definitely Ryan Blaney, who actually ended up winning stage one and two and led a ton of laps during the race. Yeah, he led uh, three different times for 157 laps, which is uh, pretty impressive. Not as impressive as the car to beat, which was who? The car to beat was the 11 of Denny Hamlin. He led the race high of seven times for 276 laps. He was really dominant. And he has had a great year so far. If you just look at the point standings, 
even after this race and the next race, which we'll get into, he's just been up there week after week, finishing top five, top three. It's more unusual if he doesn't finish out of the top five. His worst finish this season has been 11th. That's wild. Wow. And so he's leading, he's leading the points. But the one thing he hasn't done all year is what, Johan? Win. He hasn't taken so, it to victory lane yet. He's been, yeah, he's close been really many times. He's been really, really dominant throughout all the races, like we've just talked about. So what is happening? You know what? Certain drivers get hot at the right time. It's all about timing. It's about pit strategy. To be honest, I think he's pulling a Matt Kenseth strategy where he's getting top tens every week. And then he's going to win the race that's important that will get him in. Well, I mean, (laughs) Matt is the reason why we have the playoff system that we do, because he, I think, only won once or might not have won the year he won his championship, but he he was just consistent. Yeah, I don't think he had to win that fives all the time. Like, I think we said this in the podcast once, like Michael Waltrip, um, didn't win, but then he had to be consistent with top five. So that's Denny Hamlin. If he keeps and keeps doing this, he will win this year. I know he will win this year. Yeah, I agree with you. I think you you before you can win in the Cup Series, you have to prove that you can be up there consistently. So um, I agree with you. I think he if he keeps running this way. But in any event, who actually came alive late in the race and brought it home for victory? The guy who ended up winning this race was the guy that the announcer said is why this track is called what it is. Martin Truex Jr. brought home the win and has become the first driver to win twice this season. He has been a pretty dominant short track driver. And I think the announcers at one point in the race or at the end of the race were talking about how he has become a really, really good uh, short track racer. But early in his career, he wasn't. He hadn't won a short track race until many, many races. He was 80 and O. O and 80. Oh, O and 80. Yeah. O and 80. He hadn't won one. And then now he just, he's racking them up. Uh, So yeah, I mean, Martin Truex Jr. wins at Richmond after Ryan Blaney had, had really dominated the first two thirds of the race. Another example of how you've got teams that are strong. Those teams are going to consistently be at the front. And again, it looks like it's, Joe Gibbs Racing and Penske, you can count at least one of those teams in every week, and it looks like it's going to be, it's really going to be both of them fighting back and forth. Speaking of Joe Gibbs, um, Kyle Busch had a few issues on the track, like he spun out on one one time, and he had some other things getting into cars because one of the things that Mar- or that Martinsville is known for is a lot of bumping. There's a you'll you'll see that there's a lot of, you know, cars with like, you know, dented bumpers because you have people running into each other. But he anyways, he had these issues, but he managed to pull off a top 10. So somehow Kyle Busch, you know, overcame all of that and got a really good finish. Speaking of Kyle Busch, he got actually got into the big one at Martinsville. Yes, usually you expect the big one to be at Daytona. Or Talladega, but there was actually a big one at Martinsville. Kyle yeah, Bush Kyle Busch and Chris Busher were coming out. in the turn and spun themselves out, and pretty much the back of the field became a, a parking, parking lot. lot. 
Unfortunately, Suarez got cupped, uh, caught up in it. But um, I got to make a joke. In that wreck, Ryan Priest was in it. His sponsor was hot. It was like hot sauce, but he was literally on fire. Uh, on fire. It's amazing to see how dangerous it is. And the fact that they're wearing fire suits because these cars can explode in flames. But anyway, thankfully, nobody was hurt. Um, speaking of Suarez, he did not have a good day. He had a rough day from the get go. He was like a lap or two down and um, he got into obviously that wreck and he actually spun. <laughs> he got into Keselowski and spun him around. So it was just a rough day. But I will say when um, when they were coming to the end of stage one. He was two laps down and he was able to once again, because we've talked about this before on our on our other podcasts, um, on our other episodes. I mean, he passed the leader who was Ryan Blaney to be able to get his at least one or get one lap back. So he was only one lap down at the end of stage one. But again, it was not um, a good finish for him. He finished 32nd. Yeah, I, I that was actually pretty impressive when it happened. And I thought for sure if he could just continue to to move to the front and stay on the lead or get back on the lead lap, he would have a chance to move up. And he did, but then got in some trouble. I mean, short track racing, that kind of stuff is going to happen. Um, but I was actually pretty impressed that he didn't pack it in when he fell two laps down. He was able to drive up to the front, get on that, last or get down to only one lap down and uh, did manage to make it almost all the way back. Um, but then again, got caught up in, in a mess. But uh, again, not the exact result that they're looking for, but still showing progress. And if you think about it, this team did not exist a year ago and they're in 20 in top 20 in points. So let's talk about our race picks. All right. So Karen, you Almost didn't want to make this pick, but she did. Yeah, that's true. It hurt a lot to pick the person that I chose, which was Truix. But again, I said I put, I picked him because I wanted to get points. And fortunately, he came in first place. So it's one of those like bittersweet moments because I'm happy I got points, but I don't really root for Martin Truix Jr. to win. <laughs> it's funny uh, because when you made that pick and then you're watching the race and you're actually rooting for another driver to win, but yet the driver that did win got you the most points. So uh, there you go. Yes, I think, in fact, it was Chase Elliott. Who yeah, was you were actually rooting up. for Chase Elliott. Chase Elliott to was pass coming him. up to uh, to Truex and I was like, come on, Chase, come on, you can do it. And I was <laughs> I was definitely rooting for Chase. And then I'm asking you like, wait, who did you pick? Martin Truex? Uh, whatever. You picked Martin Truex Jr. Um, I didn't have too bad of a week myself. Uh, I picked Denny Hamlin uh, and he, of course, finished in third. At one point, I thought he was going to win. I think he's due, uh, but but he didn't. Um, Sebastian, you know, with all the talk that we've had about this particular driver, I think you had a lot more faith in him than any of us. Unfortunately, he didn't pay it off. Who did you pick and where did he finish? I picked Daniel Suarez and he ended up finishing 32nd. I've had... Such bad luck with That's picks. Right, buddy. I I think you got a little bit of the Kyle Busch uh, syndrome from last year. He's doing better this year, but it seems like everything that you know he touched it just did not do well until late, late, late in the season when he was able to finally win. You are you are not having a great season. We'll we'll cover that in a little bit. So for me, I ended up picking Chase Elliott 
And I had a feeling he was going to do good at Martinsville. I think he's a good short track racer. And he ended up he ended up getting second place and scoring me two points, which is great. Thank you, Chase. And uh, I'm pretty happy with that. So my guy was Logano. He finished sixth. And I'm pretty mad that he didn't get me two points. How dare you, Logano? I mean, it was close. Well, the funny thing is that literally with two laps to go, Logano was in second. I mean, I'm sorry, in second. He was in fifth place. So for sure, Johan was like, yeah, I'm getting I'm getting five points. And in that last lap coming to the finish, he got passed. Bruh. So that was Martinsville. Now, what was the race we just watched this weekend? Richmond, the Toyota Owners 400. The Toyotas did really good at this race. They were really strong. They were one and two after the first stages. Denny was... Denny won both of the first two stages, and Martin Truex came in second in both of them. So yeah, you thought, "Uh uh-oh, a Toyota's going to win. The Toyota Owners 400. This is another, considered another short track, right? It's a Mm -hmm. quarter or three-fourths of a mile. Mm -hmm. And uh, the... the, um, the Joe Gibbs cars tend to do well there. I remember the one that we went to go see in 2016. The first and second place were Joe Gibbs cars. It was Carl Edwards and Kyle Busch. So they're pretty good at this track. Yeah, and even the Ford started to do good, right? Like, wasn't your guy up there, Gio? Yeah, Joey around like the end of the race was doing pretty good, which... um. I think no, Joey he, did good the Joe, entire Joey, Joey stayed up there really the good. entire race. He finished. Actually, yeah, he did. He did. He was actually. He, he was in he the was top, 10 top 10 pretty much the entire race. No, guys, top three the entire race. He finished in third place what? after every stage, including the last one. Sheesh. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he did. He did really well. And, and he actually led some laps uh, for, you know, I think he led the third most laps. And, you know, of course, wasn't able to finish. Let's see. He led around 49 laps. In fact, uh, around the time, around the end of the race when Joey was like leading, that was one of the points where he was leading. Guess who was in second place? Denny Hamlin. One of the most dominant drivers of this race was in second place and he could not seem to pass Joey. Now, until a caution came out. The caution, yeah. They all uh, either pitted or stayed out. And basically, Hamlin beat Logano at uh, pit row by just a little bit. And when it came down to the restart, Denny ended up doing good. But clearly it wasn't enough because the 48 came out of nowhere, did like nothing this race, nothing too big, nothing too special. And on the last 10 laps, passes Denny Hamlin, the most dominant car and takes it home and wins. Denny Hamlin was very frustrated after this. Well, when we got to like the last two laps, though, we thought that there was a chance that Denny might be able to catch the 48. because So that was a little bit of a nail-biter because the 48 um, came up to lapped traffic, and so he, obviously he had to slow down a little bit because he's got all these lapped cars in front of him and Denny Hamlin was inching closer and closer. And so we really thought that he was going to, I thought he was going to pass him. I mean, I wasn't hoping that he would pass him, but I thought he was. And fortunately that was not the case. And Alex Bowman stole that win from Denny Hamlin. 
Yeah, I mean, he was up top 10 the entire race, but I did not think he had the car to beat until the last 10 laps when he took over and he led those last 10 laps. Those are the only 10 laps he led all race. And uh, yeah, uh, he Alex Bowman wins again. Uh, this time, first time this season, but wins again. Okay, did you guys know that this is the first win of Hendricks since 2008 at Richmond? Man, that's crazy. I think I heard Larry even say that when that happened, he had hair, <laughs> which we all laughed at. And another fun fact is that this is the first time that Ally has ever been in victory lane. For the entire time they've been sponsoring the 48 and the Hendrick team, this is the first time they've made it into victory lane, which they were probably all thinking, let's go, finally, we're in victory lane. That's actually crazy. I did not know that. I have two things to say. So I bet they were like, Ally was like this. They were just watching the race on their big TV in the build, in the HQ of their of their facility. And they're like, <laughs> come on, Bowman. Come on, Bowman. Get our first win for us. And like, they were like, I bet they were like crying of so happiness because they finally won. And then, so on Harvick's car who spun out, there was the thing on the hood that said skin to win. And I was like, what are you going to scan to win? The car? Because you're going to get a destroyed car. Yeah, Harvick's not having as great a year uh, as he did last year. We'll get into that in a second. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was surprised that this was the first win for Ally. But they actually only came on board, I think, last year. Or it might have been two years ago. Um, with Jimmy Johnson, obviously, at the tail end of his championship uh, career. But uh, yeah, that was a little bit of a surprise. And the fact that Hendrick had not won at a particular track in over 10 years. I mean, 13 years ago, just to put that in perspective, you were literally just a baby the last time, Giovanni, that because uh, you were you were born in 2007. And so you were a baby the last time Hendrick won at that track. So that's that's just crazy to think. Uh, me, I, I actually wasn't even born when that happened. No. So this is actually my first time seeing Hendricks win at Richmond. I mean, they call it Toyota Owners 400 for a reason, and I think they were thinking they were going to get another victory, but it was a Chevrolet that pulled into victory lane. All right, let's get into our, our race picks. Uh, actually, I, I, I messed up my lineup here, so I don't actually have the correct pick. So, Karen, why don't you take us through who did we all pick okay, for um, our race picks? Because if you let us tell you, I'm just going to tell you one of the top five drivers. So who did I actually pick? Okay. Tony, you picked Brad Keselowski. Ah, oh, forgot about that. What happened, Brad? Did he even, he, you know, I, I had hope early, early in the run. And then he just, he just couldn't make it up. I think he got as high as uh, 14th is where he ended up finishing. And he did have a tough, a tough time. He did lead twice uh, for 25 laps. So again, I had hope. I was thinking, all right, I might pull this off. And then he just fell out. So he just, again, short track racing. Yep. And I picked Kyle Larson. I actually thought he was going to do really good because they talked about how he was going to be really good at, you know, Bristol dirt, which he wrecked and got out. So I was like, okay, well, we're not going to count that. Then he was, he had, I believe, a top five finish last week at Martins or the week before at Martinsville. And so I was like, well, for sure, he's going to at least have a top 10 finish at um Mart at, at Richmond and give me points. Um unfortunately that was not the case from the get-go of the race he was already down like two laps and just kept losing laps and he finished 18th. So no points for me. 
Who did I end up picking? I You picked uh, Chase Elliott. Oh, yeah. Thanks a lot, Chase Elliott. I pick you. And okay, you're near the top 10 and you're in 11th and there's like less than 10 laps to go. And I'm like, okay, fine. You're lapped down. But hey, maybe you can catch up with the 10th place car and pass them. You know what Chase Elliott does? He's like, no. I don't care anymore. You he know what? To finish Just pass 12. me. Yeah, he ended up finishing 12. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Nah, this is he... the last time I pick you this season, Chase Elliott. I don't know. Kiss if I was if Eminem's butt goodbye. If I was a NASCAR driver, I wouldn't want you picking me because everybody you pick does not do well that week. I'm so sorry. You have the opposite of the Midas touch on this uh, this year. Uh, Chase Elliott just is not in having a great year. I mean, it's, it's kind of like the championship slump. He's just not doing well. But again... He's a champion, so he knows when to turn it on. So maybe he's just waiting for that. Because in 2020, he, I, the first time he won, he won in 2020 was, I think, like at Charlotte, maybe the um, the Wednesday Charlotte race in 2020, the first time he won in 2020. So for me, I had another good week. Another week of scoring points. I ended up picking Martin Truex Jr. to finish pretty well for this race. Again, I felt confident in my choice. And I ended up getting two points because Martin Truex Jr. finished in fifth place. Now, I remember on the last lap, Truex was in sixth and ended up somehow getting fifth place and getting me two points, which was absolutely insane. Well... Honestly, so I picked Kyle Busch. He's really good at this track. And then, um, in the middle of the race, he he, it's like green flag pit stops. And then he's like super fast. Then he doesn't get all four of his tires in the pit box and in under the orange thing. So he had a penalty, but he was just able to get me a top ten finishing eighth. Yeah, again, there's Kyle Busch. Despite his problems on the track, he somehow manages to get a top ten. Quick side note on Kyle Busch. I feel like he needs to get a new marketing team because his paint schemes, I am, I have not been a fan of. I love all of his paint schemes, especially his, his 80th anniversary. The paint schemes are the downfall. Yeah, that's why his season was so bad last year. He had that Brownies M&M paint scheme, and now he's got these weird ones. All okay. right, well, do you know what uh, his M&M's paint scheme, Kyle Busch's M&M paint scheme was this past weekend? Purple Fudge Snickers. It was Red Nose Day. Oh, yeah, that was the orange week before. And red. He had like oh, an right. orangey red uh, car with like red M and M's. Right. It was Red Nose Day. Red Nose Day is a campaign with the mission to end child poverty by funding programs that keep children safe, healthy, educated, and empowered. And so that Red Nose Day is actually May twenty seventh of this year. And so that was. Um, kind of a little bit of a give back to bring awareness to uh, this particular day on behalf of M&M's. So Mars Wrigley is one of the main proponents of it. And Mars Wrigley, you know, owns M&M's. Well, I got to feel bad for Sebastian. Kyle Bush has a problem. He gets me points. Chase Elliott has no problems. He doesn't even get him a single point. <laughs> Yeah, once again, thanks for taking my pick last week, Johan. You're you're going to have to make your way to the front, and it can't be just because you don't have a chance to make good picks because your mom was picking from last for the first few weeks, and she is now 
now leading. Um, real quick, before we get into um, next week and where we're going, I do want to quickly just touch on like our point standings for the season. Like I said, nobody is having a better season than the number 11, Denny Hamlin. Although he hasn't won one race, he has not won yet. He has actually finished really, really well. I think, Karen, you mentioned earlier, the worst he's finished in all season is 11th. But consistently, he's checking in with top fives. Feels like every week it's either a top two or a top three this week, finishing in second, leading the most laps. And so he's actually leading almost by 100 points with only nine starts to the season. So he's having a really, really great year. Um, but again, the money round or the money lap, which is the last lap, pays the most and pays the most in, in points for the playoffs. And so it's actually Martin Truex Jr. When you transition to playoffs, he's actually leading. And that's the difference between winning and just getting in there. And to your point, Gio, you were saying earlier, he's going to be like um, Matt Kenseth. The reason why NASCAR did this is to change things up. Because even though Denny Hamlin has by far had the most dominant car all year at almost every track leading by a hundred points. If you were to switch to the, the standings for the playoffs, he would be in ninth and Martin Truex jr. Would be leading. So that's, it's, it's kind of interesting. Uh, Joey Logano incidentally has got, has had the uh, third best season so far. He's in third. What? Uh, yeah, he's a top three driver. So he's doing really, really well. Wait, wait, wait. overall, he's third. He's third. Yep. I don't he's know why champion. that's such a surprise. Yes, he's had some off weeks, but he's been pretty consistently up there. If the championship four started, um, he would have he would be in the championship four. Yeah. So he's been doing really, really well. Last year's champion, we talked about Chase Elliott. A little bit of a slump, but honestly, not too bad. He's still top ten. He's he's in seventh. Again, no wins. And the other most dominant driver from last year was Kevin Harvick. And he's in eighth place in points. Again, no wins. Uh, but he is, uh, you know, he's top 10. So he's he's sticking it out. The two new drivers that we were, you know, very interested to see where they were this year. Bubba Wallace is actually in 20th. And Daniel Suarez is in 23rd. But Danny is... He's he's only a few points out of the top 20. He's less than 10 points out of the top 20. Yeah, so. he's dropped because a few weeks ago he was in 20th. Yeah, he was in 20th. So again, if he can pull off another top five or top 10, he'll move his way back up into the top 20. Uh, the ultimate goal, obviously, is for that team to make the playoffs. So we'll see how it all shakes out. But yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting. The other driver of note from a um, standing standpoint, was our I'm looking for um, our champion of the Daytona 500, um, Michael McDowell. He's in 17th place. So again, wow, he won the Daytona 500, and he's in 17th right now. And Danny Suarez is only in 23rd and only a few points off. I mean, he's about 40 points behind him. So not too bad uh, for Danny. Uh, on a team that did not exist last year. Sebastian, where are we going next week? We are going to Talladega Super Speedway for the Geico 500. And there will be one word 
that will describe this experience. Chaos. Chaos it is. Let's do our race picks. It's the Let's Go Racing Family Picks of the Week. As Sebastian said, we are going to one of my all-time favorite racetracks, Talladega. Karen, who do you have winning at Dega this weekend? My choice to win is a past winner of both of our speedways. He is also the most consistent driver this season. And I think this is going to be his race. Oh, man, you took him out. He likes to linger in the back for safety. And I think he's going to be up for there for the win. I'm picking the number 11 of Denny Hamlin. Denny Hamlin. Oh, that's who I had picked. I, again, shared my little secret. I look at who won last time. The last time they were in Talladega, October of last year, it was Danny who took it home. And I actually do agree. I think he's got a good chance. All right, my pick, I'm going to go with a classic number. The number three, Austin Dillon. He's another one that can somehow find his way to the front at the end of the race. So I'm going to put him. Giovanni, who's your pick? My pick is going to be... Uh, the tw- the number twenty two of Joy Logano. I think he's a good restrictor plate driver. He is. He's also pretty good at navigating the wrecks. I've seen that before, and uh, I think he might take home a top five, maybe even a win. All right, Johan, who do you have winning this weekend at Jaga? Well, there's Larry Trends, so I created something a little special. Johan Trends. I'm gonna go with the guy who finished second to Denny Hamlin. Um, in October, but unfortunately he failed inspection. I'm going to go with Matty D to get his first career win. Ooh. Matt DiBenedetto. Matty D. He has shown that he can race at super speedways. All right, Sebastian, who do you got winning? I'm honestly throwing in a wild card. I've seen him do good at Dega, and with the equipment of the 2311 team, I'm hoping he can take home a victory. Let's go with Bubba Wallace. Bubba Wallace winning at Dega. All right, those are our race picks. I'm super excited for Super Speedway Racing at Talladega this weekend. I know you guys are too. You just never know who's going to win and who could rise to the top. But somehow, someway, there are certain drivers that just know how to wait out all of the big ones, all the big crashes. And so, uh, yeah, it'll be fascinating to see it all play out this year. So for this week's episode, of course, we did our two race recap. Uh, Next week's episode will be a shorter one. We're going to do just our race picks. But because of a huge awards show that's coming up, Sebastian. It's the Academy Awards. The Oscars, right? Yep. So we're going to talk about movies and NASCAR during six degrees and our racing through life. And Karen actually suggested that maybe it's just the start of another segment um, where we talk about our connection uh, to NASCAR through uh, movies and our favorite movies. And so we can pick a, a, a racing movie and, and talk about it and uh, maybe give our own review. So I think that actually be kind of cool because believe it or not, there are a lot more racing movies out there. Now the question is, are we just going to restrict this to, auto car racing or will we include horses because there's some good horse races as well so anyway more to debate on that with that said giovanni why don't you take us out 
Well, that's going to wrap up this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening on in. Please consider subscribing, downloading all of our podcast episodes, and following our socials. Anyway, let's grow some family out. <laughs>